We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everybody, welcome back to No Other Pod Decision Day Edition. I'm Jimmy Mack, along with the man, the myth, the legend, the man who painted the wall, Dan Fuser. How's it going, Dan? Oh my gosh, that, that was a great introduction. Uh, it's going I gotta, good, I gotta man. Help, gotta help you feel a little bit better after sporting's form as of late. Ah, that that kind of worked, but uh, <laughs> no, you're right. The form is the form's not good, man, and we'll we'll definitely get into that, but. Uh, how are you doing on this Sunday evening? I'm doing okay. Uh, we are recording, as Dan said, Sunday evening uh, within the hour of uh, the the Sporting KC game ending. Um, not the result that, that we had been hoping for. If uh, Sporting KC was able to go into Salt Lake and, and earn a victory, then at minimum they were guaranteed a, a home playoff game. Um, unfortunately... That's not how things went. Sporting KC fell two to one at the hands of Real Salt Lake. Um, Dan, just uh, what what are your thoughts? Give me your your impressions or what you were thinking as you were watching that game. My initial thoughts, um, actually, my initial thoughts were be that we wouldn't be doing this podcast till a little later because it was a home game, and I realized, oh wait, you're not going to be at the game, <laughs> so <laughs> we're able to do this a little earlier, and it's nice. But uh, you know, going into it, there was no sense of urgency from us from the very beginning i mean you see you saw benny on the bench you saw gerso on the bench um starting in in their place was jimmy madronda in the midfield and and uh uh daniel shallowy latif blessing and uh uh why am i blanking right now yeah diego rubio up top and you know it was nice to see seth seth sinovic back in the lineup and uh anytime seth starts i'm excited because I, I feel like it strengthens that left side. And anytime Daniel Shallowy starts, I'm excited because that's that youth that's getting up there and doing big things. But this game just, at least the first half, I mean, we, we really got to break this down by halves because it really is a tale of two games. And and the first half was just straight-up garbage. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm not really sure what happened or why why sporting casey came out so flat uh i, I mean as as you mentioned benny was on the bench jerso was on the bench you got to think that peter's probably thinking okay well we got a a midweek game more than likely coming up technically sporting was still in the running for the the number two seed in the west but that was pretty much a long shot so he's probably thinking okay we'll uh we'll put benny on the bench we'll put jerso on the bench um but but that man that did not work out because uh Pretty much from the get-go, Sporting KC was was down 1-0. Luis Silva scored a uh, a goal in in the third minute, and um, and the first half only got worse from there, didn't it? It did. I mean that that goal came so soon, and, and I was sitting there with my wife, had my drink, and I just threw my arms up. I was just like, here we go, here we go. When nothing like being down right in the first five minutes here and having to fight back to uh, get a home playoff game that. That us Kansas City supporters have not had in, in, since since we won the cup in 2013. I mean, we haven't had it in four years. Yeah, that's uh, when you when you man when you put it in perspective like that. I mean, Sporting KC has been able to keep their playoff streak alive. It's what I think seven years now, maybe eight. Yeah, um, seven. 
But when, when you when you think about that, there has not been a playoff game in Kansas City since that MLS Cup final. Um, that really puts things in perspective. And, and then especially the last two years, um, losing to the eventual MLS Cup champions in uh, Portland Timbers in 2015 and Seattle Sounders in 2016 in the knockout cup round. Um, as we've said time and time again on this podcast, Peter Vermees made it a point that we need to get a first round by. They didn't get that. Um, and now, um, yeah, I don't know why I went on that little tangent, but get back to this game. No, this um, this is how it's going to be, though. Like, we lost to Portland, and they won the whole thing. And then we lost to Seattle, and they won the whole thing. We are in trouble against Houston this week, and they will probably go win the whole thing. You know what I mean? It's so scary. Yeah, and, and so when we're, when we're talking about this first goal by Luis Silva, um, you know, it was – in the third minute, it was at like the two minute and thirty six second mark. I'm watching the highlight of it right now. Ah, um, barf. There, there was just absolute confusion from the sporting back line. I mean, look I'm at the back line, there. dude. Look at Zeusy. Yeah, they're they're in four different places. They're not in a line. I mean, I'm pausing it right now, right as the cross is about to come in. You got <laughs> uh, Ike's down below the. Uh, I mean, I don't even know what this – this isn't even the back line. It's a it's a back line made up of, of Seth, Roger, Ike, and Ilya, which explains why none of them are in a line. They look um, dumbfounded. I, yeah, they're in four different points. They're literally making a diamond. Um, the ball comes in. It's it's whiffed by RSL, and then it slides right right past Ike, and then Luis Silva just taps it in past Dykstra. I mean, it's it's just total confusion, total dysfunction by the defense. Um and it didn't get any better. Um, Sporting KC didn't get a shot on goal until it was like the 42nd minute. And I made note of it when uh, uh, Nate Bucati mentioned it on the broadcast because I'm yeah. watching that. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's right. We haven't had a shot on goal. I think technically we might have had like one actual shot before then. Um, but I'm not and I don't even know if they count it. I think it was when Jimmy tried to bike and it just like sailed above a goal. I think yeah. that might might have been really our only shot before then, um, but yeah, Dude, it, it, I <laughs> I had to do a double take on the bike because at at you know at first glance I was like, is Ike trying another bike right now? Like <laughs> like that's who I thought it was. I was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> yeah, no, Ike was Ike was was back in the defense, um, and then you know like we said, so Sporting KC goes down one zero, not ideal. Oh, um, great, my dog's back. <laughs> Uh, games across MLS seemed like everybody seemed to score all at once right after kickoff started. Um, yeah. All of a sudden, there was like seven goals that were scored, and none of them were good for Sporting KC. Um, but the goals continued, and then Brooks Lennon found the net in the uh, in the 41st minute to put Sporting KC down um, 2-0. And why that was so significant is because. It you know it was already bad enough Sporting KC going down 1-0 because they needed to to then find the net twice without letting up another goal. But once once Lennon um, put it away in the uh, in the 41st minute and and then we were looking at a situation where Sporting KC has to get three unanswered goals to earn a home playoff spot with Houston already winning. It uh it it wasn't looking good. No, it's not looking good. And uh, <laughs> I gotta tell you something that my buddy Eric just sent me. And he said, it was a screenshot of this conversation, and he said, I mean, he's got a point. And it says, I mean, it could be worse. We could have just spent almost $2 million on Dom Dwyer and sitting outside of the playoffs losing to the Union 6-1. to <laughs> <laughs> That is true. That is true. Um, oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> and, and, okay, so, so let's, let's, let's touch on that for a second, I guess. Um, you know, we've, we've been hearing from some fans, and, and, and they're, they're absolutely right in that, this sporting offense is not where it needs to be um, for a regular season or for or for the playoffs. Um, that you know, Rubio and Shawi and Gerso um, and and Latif were able to pull it together and put together a, a really good run in the U.S. Open Cup and, and were able to win win that tournament and bring home another championship to Kansas City. But since then, uh, I mean, Sporting's gotten two points in their last five games. The offense has just not been there. Um, you know, some people brought up, you know, should we have gone in for for, for Namath stronger? Um, you know, I have thoughts on that. I, I'm sure you do. But um, yeah. what 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 do you think? I mean, there's not a whole lot that can be done now. But but 
I mean, do you know what's missing from this offense? It wasn't much better with Dom here, was it? Not not this year. I mean, but history has shown that when Dom gets when Dom gets hot, he gets hot. And I think you know selling him at that price tag is something you can't say no to. You had to do it, and and that puts a lot of pressure on Diego Rubio. It's like Diego, you're the you're the boy now. You got to do this. You know, you you were a boy, now you're a man. <laughs> you know, score yeah. us some damn goals. But that that's a lot of pressure on him. I mean, he was he got injured last year, and and yeah, he's he scored some goals this year, sure. But but it's not it's not what we needed. And and this attack has just really dwindled. And I think last week we talked about this lull that we always have in the last month of the season. And you and I both, you know, unanimously thought that, no, this isn't really a lull. And I'm going back on it. I'm saying bull crap. It, <laughs> it is a lull. And, and we're in trouble right now going into the playoffs. I mean, in what, three or four days? Yeah, it um, – I, I mean, I they seem to peak during the U.S. Open Cup. Um, and, and I know for a lot of these players that was their first, like, championship they've legitimately ever been in in their careers. Sure. Um, and so – you know, there was the high of that, but then there was the talk from Peter and from the rest of the players of, okay, well, you know, this isn't, we're not done. You know, this is a championship and, and, and it's our goal to bring championships to Kansas City. But, you know, MLS Cup is the big one and we got to we gotta work toward that. And, and that was the right mentality. And I just don't know where that mentality went. I don't know if um, – Zussi and Beasler and Benny Failhaber going to the national team in the middle of it just threw a wrench in the whole thing and threw the chemistry off or, or what? It did. Um, but but this team has not been able to, to find their form in the last month and a half. Um, and it could not be at worse timing. You don't um, want to say that the season is the season's not a failure. Because look at that. You're in the playoffs for the seventh straight year. You won the U.S. Open Cup. But but that's not enough. We can't hang your hat on on the U.S. Open Cup on a competition where a lot of teams don't take it seriously and put their best guys in there. We played a five-star lineup in every one of those Open Cup games, and a lot of the teams we played did not. So you cannot hang your hat on that trophy. I mean, there ha- you have to go for more. That's not a success because we won the U.S. Open Cup. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, especially after, you know, like you mentioned the lull, and there, have, there has been a lull in years past, especially around August. Um, you know, this one, it happened a little later. It's, it's certainly a lull. I, you know, I think the, the reasoning for it maybe is, is, is a little different, although I'm not even sure anymore. Um, but yeah, this, I mean, now sporting KC is going into, um, a, a playoff match in Houston, uh, against a rival that's played very well at home. Yuck. Um, backing into the playoffs with, with two points out of five games. Um, like you said, season's not over, but it's not looking good. Um, scary, dude. It's so scary. It is. Now, when you get to the second half of this RSL game, um, Sporting came out down 2-0, so they knew they had a big hole they needed to dig themselves out of. But for a split second there, I, I thought, okay, this. I don't know what Peter said at half, but this team looks like maybe they got their head right. They started getting uh, opportunities. They started getting shots. They just couldn't put it away, could they? No, not at all. I mean, it's uh, for the first 15 minutes, nothing was happening, but but the ball was moving better. I mean, it, it was moving around the field, and, you know, they got one back. And, yeah, I was pumped because that, <laughs> that was a pretty sick header from Ike. But uh, it's just it wasn't enough. You had to win that game, and a draw wouldn't have done anything. So, like, when you're down two to one, it didn't matter. You knew you needed two more goals in like three minutes, and it was just you accepted it. You're like, okay, we're going to Houston. Yeah, um, as you mentioned, I got the header in the, in the 89th minute. Um, before then, there were there were chance after chance after chance. Rubio had a number of chances. Um, Latif may have had the worst miss I've ever seen of a professional <laughs> player in my life. Um, yep. I, and this is two games in a row now where he's missed a sitter two feet in front of the goal, um, which is not going to go over well with Peter. I'm still confused exactly how what he did today happened. Um, he had a cross come into him. I don't remember if, who it was. I think it might have been Zussi, um, or No, it was coming from the left side, so maybe it was Seth. Um, and 
RSL's keeper Ramondo was was far to the side of the goal where he should be because he's he's keeping an eye on uh, on the person with the ball out wide. And Latif was unmarked, literally right in the middle of the goal, like three feet in front of it, has the ball come straight to his head, couldn't have asked for a better cross. And it's like Latif all of a sudden thought he was on defense and just, he like cleared it out of the box. And I don't know if he just missed it or or what. I mean, I assume that's what what had to happen, but I've never seen a professional soccer player three feet in front of the goal with a wide open net literally had the ball the opposite direction of where it needs to go no that's absolutely what it looked like it's like oh wait i'm on offense why did i just do that like i actually thought that a defender somehow like jumped in and like got ahead to it even and they must have been invisible because i didn't see where they came from but i saw the ball fly out of the box and <laughs> and i'm like i'm like what the hell just happened and and then i hear like nate bukati on the broadcast like latif just made a mess of that header and i'm like <laughs> no 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 no, nate you're wrong like latif didn't get ahead to that because that was a clear that was like a textbook clearance <laughs> sure did and, and latif was was wide open in front of goal and if and if that hit latif's head then it would have been a goal but nope then they showed a replay and sure enough latif just hit it straight out of the box um, <laughs> hey let's take the bright side at least he got ahead to it, all right. The dude's like five foot nothing. He got he got a header, all right. That's true. That's true. Um, <laughs> but you know he he in particular doesn't seem like he's been playing very well as of late, and we need him to because um, he's when he's on when he's in form he's he's pesky and he's fiery and he yep. frustrates defenders and uh, doesn't seem like he can run out of energy. But he just seems like he's been really hesitant as of late. In in the last game um, at Children's Mercy Park. Uh, he had a couple opportunities to take a shot and took an extra touch. Um, then he made a mess of that that uh, stoppage time um, situation where he could have uh, put Sporting ahead at Children's Mercy Park last week. Um, then this one with the header, uh, he had an opportunity to to make a couple passes in this game where he just looked like he hesitated a second. He just doesn't seem confident. He doesn't look like he trusts uh, what he's his decisions or his capabilities. And, and I'm not sure um, that, that Peter can trust him against Houston, to be honest. I, I don't know who he needs to trust in for Houston. Um, I got to say, I was especially, I was especially happy with our center backs today. I mean, Matt Beasler was looking quick and, and technical. Um, but when we go down into Houston, if you were to ask me who's going to score goals, I don't know. Like I don't know who's gonna score him. I, I think I think it might be time for Benny to to step up and and do his thing. Um, it, it might be time for Roger to put one in the back of the net. I I just don't know because our strikers are not getting it done. So so it's got to come from somewhere else. Yeah, uh, Gerso is our leading goal scorer right now. He's got eight goals on the year. He also won Offensive Player of the Year uh, of the team awards. Um, which which probably tells you everything you need to know about the offense on this team right now. If if person who has uh, eight goals on the year is your your best offensive player, um, and then you know Diego Rubio is in second with six. Benny Failhaber is tied for third with five, and the other person tied for third with Benny Failhaber is no longer on this team because it's Dom Dwyer. So um, we we don't have a lot of goals right now. Um, and, and you can, you can tell that when you look at, um, sporting KC's goals, uh, goal scored compared to the rest of the league. Um, I mean, out of San Jose aside, cause they're an anomaly. I'm not really sure how <laughs> they, how'd that goal, happen? Their goal differentials minus 21. So in, bad in playoffs, but okay. So, Okay, think of it this way. Their goal differential is minus 21. Sporting KC has only scored one more goal than San Jose on the season. But Every have other, allowed a lot less. They've allowed a lot less. They've only allowed 29, so Sporting KC's goal differential is, is plus 11. But the other teams in the Western Conference, um, their goal scored. Houston Dynamo, 57 goals on the year. Vancouver, 50. Seattle, 52. Portland 60 and then when you go and you look in the Eastern Conference you got Red Bulls 53 Columbus 53 Atlanta United 70 Chicago Jesus, 61 what? New York City 56 Toronto 74 um and Sporting sitting there at 40 so you know okay <laughs> one of these it's not good two, no it's two not of good these at all. things yeah two of these things are not like the other if you if you throw Sporting KC 
and uh, and San Jose in there. And um, this is bad. On on top of that, I saw this in a tweet earlier today. Let me uh, let me credit um, at SKC Wiz for this one. Uh, he did a little bit of uh, math and, and calculating, um, and and essentially what what this is is the percentage of goals scored per shots on goal. So out of however many shots on goal you get, that's how this is the percentage of time you actually score. Uh, Sporting KC is second to last in the league at 23.5%. So basically, oh, only less than one quarter of our shots on goal actually get converted into goals. Um, the only team that was worse than Sporting KC was DC United. Nice. Um, Great stat. So, <laughs> so, yeah. So, all that is to say, Sporting KC, as, as, as phenomenal and as historic as this defense has been, and it absolutely has been to only allow 29 uh. goals through – uh, 34 games the offense is just not there um, dude and, and they get shots i mean they they outshot rsl technically 19 to 11 today sure but it was nick romando dude you can't yeah. nick romando's golden all right he's a golden goose he's great but but he's a, a we, we you, you weren't gonna get it past him the dude's been in the national team picture and you know i was talking to some guys who run this uh uh new york city podcast the the cooligans i think i've mentioned them to you and when guys. they were in Chicago for the All-Star game, you know, they asked me, like, what do you think about that Dwyer trade? And I was like, I, I think I'm okay with it. Like, sure, I cried for, like, ten minutes when it happened, just a little bit. But I, I, I was like, hey, we're going to get goals. They're like, do you think that uh, Shalowy is going to be fine? And I said, for one, it's Shallowy. All right, don't say <laughs> Shalowy, you goof. And, and I said, yeah, I think he will be fine. And I, I had such confidence in the young guy and, and with Gerso and with Rubio, and it just hasn't happened. And I don't know if things would have been different with Dwyer here. You know, like, we, we've got money sitting around, and it feels like we're going to make a big move in the offseason. And and if we don't, I might be very disappointed. I, I don't know what's going to happen because we're not getting the goals that we lost from Dom Dwyer. And I know what you're going to say. We didn't have the goals to begin with when we had Dom Dwyer. <laughs> But he might have caught form, and and we might have, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I still think, as you mentioned, that money is too good to pass up. But this certainly doesn't seem like this was the plan from Peter Vermees was to not sign anyone. Um, it seems like they had a couple of guys, and based on things he said this year, um, there prop there there were a couple of guys that they were trying to bring in that for one reason or another it, it just didn't work out for the season so obviously when he when he signed the dotted line on the Dwyer trade he had to know this was a possibility and he was okay with okay we got Rubio Latif uh, Shalwi and Gerso those are those are our four attackers um, and but it just as you mentioned it hasn't really worked out how it's needed to be where we seem to be missing that that just true striker who can go in there and and take control mm-hmm. i mean like someone like i mean you think of someone like portland has in, in fernando id like just a big target who who can be a physical presence in the box and go up against center backs like like kendall waston or or some of the other big roman torres some of the other big center backs Dude. in the league and who can who can be physical right there with them and win headers and and find the goal i mean sporting even with dom dwyer he was physical but sporting didn't have that and and i i think it no you're right it might be it might be time for peter to go out and and try to find someone like that we don't have a fernando adi i mean that dude is a man's man i mean that guy is a beast who's not afraid to get in there and he i mean he's not healthy right now right is he injured yeah he's he's been he's been hurt as of late Okay, because he embarrasses fools. Like, <laughs> some of his highlights on the year, people would come and he would just stop and make them just slide in front of him and then stop again, and a second guy would slide, and then he would just slot at home, no problem. And I just get to thinking, I'm like, why don't we have a guy like this who can just control the ball? Like, you're not going to take it from me. I'm going to put it in the back of the net. And Dom wasn't that guy either. But I, I find myself, you know, being awake at night wondering if he misses us, you know? I'm like, do yeah. you miss us, Dom? Because, uh, <laughs> you know, you scored a lot with us, and, and you, you had the had those a lot of goals that one year, and uh, I think you, you could have some more, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Fernando Adi. I mean... How are you saying his last name right now? Adi? I, I don't know. I'm making it up. Adi. 
I'm making it up. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was Adi. I don't know, but it sounds like you made it more festive, like you said, Adi. Adi. And that's fine. Yeah, that's, I'm going to go with it. Um, I'm not going to say Shaloi, though, like a lot of these clowns do. <laughs> um, Fernando, Adi, or Stop. Adi, whichever Stop. one knows. You're like a Lady Gaga song over here. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, so he's uh, he's six four, and I'm not I'm not saying that there's one of him out there everywhere. He he's not a six dime a dozen. Four. He's a special player, um, but just that sort of he's 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 six four one. That's a center back height, man. Right, that sort of physical presence in MLS. It, I mean, it's 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 so valuable. It's awesome in, in a forward, and and hopefully, you know, Peter does really well finding gems that other teams can't find he's got scouting network set up all over the place um i wouldn't put it past him to bring in a tall striker a, a physical striker that that maybe hasn't he's not a household name and, and plays in a league that maybe you're not like you're you don't think of as a top league in the world but uh can come in and adapt to the physicality of mls oh, so sure. you know hopefully he's gonna uh, bring in a guy you've never heard of yeah yeah sporting doesn't go out they don't sign the david villas um they don't sign the Kakas. Uh, well, part of it is it comes down to how much money the ownership group is, is willing to spend. True. Um, part of it is I think Peter really does pride himself on sort of uh, what what he sort of described as um, doing things the the right way. You know, I know he's he said in, in media day to start start the year um, when I asked him what he thought about some of the younger DP signings. Uh, that were coming into the league, like like Miguel Almiron, um, he was saying, you know, this is really good because this is what the DP roster spot is supposed to be. You're not, it, it shouldn't be you bring in a guy on a retirement tour for for two years. Um, it should be you find a young up and coming player who's got a lot of talent who needs to develop his game before going on to some of the best clubs in the world. Um, so I, I think that's what Peter's goal is. I don't think we're gonna ever shine. Um, you know, a, a Wayne Rooney if he were to ever come to, to MLS or, or a Zlatan Ibrahimovic if he were to ever come to MLS because it, they just, um, it's hard to draw him to a market like Kansas City compared to New York or LA. And, and I think it just philosophically doesn't fit with, uh, with how Peter does things, unfortunately. No, you're right. I mean, we've always been a good club without, you know, without the Andrea Pirlo or the David Villa or the uh, David Beckham of Galaxy. You know, it's a, we're going to be fine. But I, I wish we would have made a move in that transfer window. I wish we would have had something. And I don't – I'm so scared right now. Like, say say you get past Houston on Wednesday or Thursday. That's – your biggest challenge is the one in front of you right now. But it's it doesn't get any easier from there. I mean, oh, my God. What are you – who are you up against after that? Either uh, uh, Portland or Seattle, right? Right. Depending yeah. on the results from the other game. Yeah. And yeah, so it's that's not, not the be, end of the world. It'll be a two-legged match because that's once you get out of the knockout round, you get a home-and-home. Home. Um, so that's an advantage. Sporting KC hey, what does that mean, by the way? Tell me what a, what's a home-and-home. Home. What is that? So it's when you get uh, one – there's two games, one game at each team's uh, stadium, home stadium. That's so, what they call it? They don't call it a home-and-away series? No. Well, well, I feel dumb. I get – <laughs> I guess, uh, yeah, I I'm, I'm, I may be thinking of, like, football terminology, too, because that's what they call it if, like, a team, like, college football, they schedule, you know, one year we're going to play at one stadium, and the next year we're going to play at the other stadium. They call it a home-and-home. Home. Um, so hmm. I, may be, I may be crossing over my sports terminology. No, I think you're right. <laughs> I've heard that. I've heard some soccer guys say it like that, and I'm like, why would you call it that? I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. But okay. Um, so, so the good news is they're looking at at least getting a single match at Children's Mercy Park if they're able to win against the Houston Dynamo. Now, that game would be first because the second leg of the match would uh, would go to the higher seed. Um, sure. So that would be either Portland or Seattle. And we all know how hard it is to, uh, to play in both Portland and Seattle. Uh, so Sporting KC has an uphill battle now. Uh, if they're able to uh, to get out of Houston, they'll have to go and, and face either um, Seattle or Portland. Um, but speaking of which, let's give you a, a quick roundup of sort of 
what happened in the rest of MLS on decision day. And that way you can get an idea of what the, uh, the playoff picture looks like. Um, all but two matches today had playoff implications in some way. Um, if you are stuck watching Montreal, New England, or Philly, Orlando, I apologize. Um, those games didn't really have any sort of impact. Um, nothing changed in the Eastern Conference, but uh, San Jose did at the death earn a sixth and final playoff spot in the Western Conference as uh, Urania was able to, to find the net in like the 94th minute out of 95 minutes and, and put uh, the Earthquakes 3-2 above the Minnesota United FC to send San Jose into the playoffs. And I just have to say, and, and I'm betting, Dan, you're probably thinking the same thing, I am so glad that that happened because that kept FC Dallas out of the playoffs. Yeah, that's awesome. Because if we, if FC Dallas <laughs> got in, everyone would have talked about the whole debacle down in Orlando where the whole substitution rule and everything that we've talked about a couple of times. But that's, that's where everyone's focus would have been. And I'm glad we don't have to hear about that. Yeah, because they would have beaten RSL with RSL's victory over Sporting KC. They would have, uh, Dallas would have been one point above RSL. Um, which would have been that one point that they should have forfeited. And then had they been forced to forfeit it, RSL would have won the tiebreaker, which is who, which team has the most wins. Um, so I'm just glad that we don't have to, uh, to, to deal with that. Um, but the final standings in the Western Conference after it was all said and done today, um, Portland beat Vancouver to, to jump up to the number one seed in the Western Conference. Um, Seattle beat Colorado after multiple red cards for both sides um and and they were able to uh jump to number two since vancouver lost they fell all the way to third which really is unfortunate because they go from having a buy and home field advantage throughout the uh, western conference playoffs to now having to play a knockout game uh houston beat chicago to jump up to fourth sporting kc obviously we know fell to rsl they're down to fifth and san jose beat minnesota for uh sixth um so in the west Vancouver will host San Jose. Houston will host Sporting KC. Those games will either be on Wednesday or Thursday. We still haven't found out, I don't think. I'll check again, but we were uh, waiting to try to find out exactly when those games would be. We're betting. No, man. The... Tell the uh, tell the listeners your, your theory, though. For the, yeah, for the I, do, I do have a theory. We'll, we'll find out if I'm right after the fact once this is live. But my, I, 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 if I were a betting man, I would say that Sporting and Houston will be on Thursday because the Houston Astros play in a World Series game on Wednesday, and if MLS puts the Dynamo oh, match up again, <laughs> Spl- Splinter an Astros fan, apparently. Um, yes, he loves the Astros. <laughs> he, uh, If MLS puts the Houston Dynamo match up against the Astros World Series game, they're a bunch of idiots. So um, my, my guess is it's going to be a Thursday game for Sporting KC. Um, Wouldn't they also play on Thursday too, though? No, because so the the World Series starts on Tuesday, so I, it would go oh, Tuesday, okay. Wednesday, and then Thursday would be a day off for travel, and then it would start up again yep. on Friday. So good call. Um, but between Van, the the Western Conference knockout games, Vancouver against San Jose and Houston against Sporting KC, the the Houston Sporting KC game has to be the more intriguing one, right? No, it is absolutely even for non Sporting Kansas City fans. I mean, people are going to watch it and. And see what's what's going to come of it. And uh, if I'm being honest, I don't know if I'm going to like what comes of this game. It's going to get physical again, just like the last two games. I mean, you're, this will be this will mean that your last three of your four games were against the same team, and it's terrifying. It just shows that you've had enough time to scrimmage each other and and know what each other's strengths and weaknesses are. And and we've seen that. We watched the two games. I mean, they. Take take the open cup take the open cup victory away from when we when we beat them earlier in the summer. That that was great. That was fine. But that was a different team than what we're seeing now. The and team they didn't feel now, the full lineup. You're right. You're right. And the team we're seeing now is the team that lost to them in Houston and that tied that drew to them at home. And I think we're going to see a very physical game again, just like we saw last time. I mean, a lot of. A lot of fouls were called. No, a lot of fouls were not called. I mean, it was it was a very physical <laughs> match where fouls should have been called all over the place. Yeah, they let a lot of things go. Um, 
but yeah, I, I mean, you're absolutely right. Whether you're you're a fan of Sporting KC or Houston or not, um, I think that'll be the more intriguing match. Vancouver, um, I think they're just going to be too much for San Jose. Um, you never know, but I, I don't think I don't think that'll uh, go go too well for Quakes fans. But congrats to them for doing what they need to do to get in. Um, in in the Eastern Conference, Toronto was able to go on the road in Atlanta and earn a two-two draw. Um, Significant for a couple of reasons. One, that means that Toronto now broke the Galaxy's record for most points in a season. Um, they earned 69 total points on the year, so <laughs> they they now uh, own the uh, sole record for most points in a single season. Uh, Giovinco scored one of the most ridiculous free kick goals I've ever seen. Again, it seems like he does this all the time, but it was late in, in like the 84th minute to, to tie the game, and it was absolutely gorgeous, perfect top left corner. Splinter's also a Giovinco <laughs> Stop <fan>. laughing. Stop <laughs> laughing. <laughs> my dog, dude, it's, uh, seriously, my wife like plays with him and everything, and he gets he gets mad. <laughs> yeah, sh- sh- shout out to Marissa who said uh, last podcast recording she took him into the bathroom and was just sitting in there trying to keep him quiet, so... Um, yeah, she was a champ. I thought she was pooping the whole time, but she was really just in there with the dog. <laughs> no, she's a she's awesome. Um, so Toronto, Toronto, I'm sure she'll love hearing that. On the no, pod. she'll be really mad. Um, <laughs> so Toronto, Toronto earns the draw in Atlanta, which keeps them uh, in in the number one seed. Um, NYCFC. Uh, despite playing at, at City Field because apparently so funny. four days wasn't enough time to turn Yankee Stadium into a soccer field. So um, they'll be at uh, the number two seed with a bye week. Um, so Chicago Fire, they're uh, the number three seed. Um, Atlanta United falls to uh, the, the number four seed, or maybe they were already in the number four seed. I don't, I don't remember what it was before this week, but they're, they're the number four seed. Um, Columbus Crew, the fifth seed, and New York Red Bulls, the sixth seed. So Chicago will host the New York Red Bulls uh, in their 3-6 matchup, and Atlanta will host Columbus Crew in their 4-5 matchup. Uh, both of those games should be pretty entertaining, I think. How about you? I think you? so, too. I, I want to see, uh, you know, if Sporting doesn't get out of this play-in round, which i I'm, I got to tell you, I'm very pessimistic about it. Um, I know a lot of people try to keep their heads up, but I find it easier to not be disappointed when you just walk around in negativity all day. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's my aspect on life. It's going well for me. I'm very happy. Uh, But I'd like to see Columbus win the MLS Cup and then move to Austin, Texas. Ah, boom! (laughs) (laughs) Just blow it. Well, they'd have a year between, so really you want them to win the MLS Cup next year. But I will say I would like to see Columbus beat Atlanta because I'm tired of Atlanta fans thinking that they've invented MLS 3.0 uh, or a too. new way of doing soccer. So uh, Me which, too, dude. Do you think they're handing out free tickets to break this attendance record? Do you think they're like, hey, come to the game. Here's a free ticket. Enter this raffle. You know, they got to be giving out free tickets, right? Oh, man, that's a great conspiracy theory, and I think we should go on the record and report that they absolutely are doing that. Because yes! <laughs> I uh, I mean they broke it. They had what they said like seventy six or seventy eight thousand people there this week. And what kind of cocky? Like what kind of cocky people are like? We're gonna break our own attendance record. What? You already said it once. Why do you do that? Yeah. Um. I don't know. They they. I mean Atlanta loves themselves some Atlanta. Um. And and don't get me wrong. They're they're very they're a very good team. Uh. They've scored a lot of goals this year. They're a fun team to watch. So I just, many goals. I think that you know they had they didn't exactly build this squad and like they spent a lot of money this offseason and and to be honest they they had I'm sure they have some good scouts but they I don't know if anyone thought Almiron was going to be what he was this year. I think they got a little lucky with him. Um Alec Is Town he coming played back? out of, uh, I I mean I'm sure Atlanta fans want him to come back desperately. I've heard rumblings of teams in Europe being interested um oh. i don't i mean no is he he's injured right now right oh i thought you meant next year i'm already thinking <laughs> no I'm sorry. and um, i'm gonna yeah. miguel miguel amiron miguel amiron um yeah we're so my, white <laughs> yeah kansas city um we're from kansas yeah that's right um technically i'm from la but 
still That's true. one of Go, the more pa- pale people calm down, in your life. Surfer boy. Um, I've been surfing literally once in my life. <laughs> so right dude um, sharks it, why would you go any more than that it wasn't even in la when i did it <laughs> but <laughs> enough about me uh yeah Almiron's hurt he had a hamstring injury and i think it probably has to do with they're playing on turf in uh, mercedes-benz and they had a it's lot a football of games field. in a sh- short amount of time yeah um so it'll it'll be interesting to see how atlanta responds to uh, playoff situation how these young players who aren't used to mls playoff structure they're used to playing overseas with the sort of single table format um how they uh, how they respond um i'd i'd be happy for the people of columbus with everything they've gone through over the past week if they were able to get a win and move on um we'll see it'll it'll be a fun match chicago um i'm sure people up where you are in chicago will be going crazy um Nemanja Nikolic won the the Golden Boot his first year in MLS. He had like 24 goals this year. Um, hey, let me so, let me circle back here for a minute. Um, if I'm an Atlanta supporter, I'm jacked. You know what I mean? You made the playoffs. You're ready. Uh, uh, if they win the whole thing, holy cow, that's fantastic. But as a supporter of any other team, you want to see this expansion team suck an egg. Like you want them to be done and out. Yep. No, exactly. I mean, how I'll I'll have to eat all of my words from all season long about Atlanta eat if em. they do go on a run and win this. Um, and I and I I will. I'll be the first to admit it because if they somehow do come in and in their first year win an MLS Cup, um, and the Splinter won't be happy. Um, if they if they do it. It, 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 then they will have figured out something or or they'll it'll be a combination of they figured out something and got lucky i guess at the right time but um you know expansion teams shouldn't come into a league that's had some teams in there for 20 plus years and right. in their first season be able to figure out how to how to beat everybody that's not and cool Atlanta, like no. <laughs> kc no. played in a kc played in a football stadium we didn't have that many people what's going on yeah, what's up? I mean, Arrowhead and Mercedes-Benz are basically the same stadium. Absolutely. So, <laughs> what's what's the deal? Um, but I don't know. I'd like to see Atlanta lose. Uh, you know, I'll just say it. Hope they lose. No, I'm on that train. <laughs> I'm on that that hype train for Atlanta to lose. I'm I'm a hater right now, and I I love watching them. I swear to God, that's my guilty pleasure. I'm just like, hey, these guys are fun to watch. But I I I don't want to see them win the whole thing. Like, just stop no. it. I will say, um, you know, if they do win, I I hope Chicago wins because a home and home two leg series, whatever you want to call it, between Toronto and Atlanta, that could be fun. That that I mean that would be some fun soccer to watch. I I, I think Toronto would win hands down because I don't think I think Toronto's going all the way this year. To be honest, I don't see anyone getting in their way. I think after their heartbreak last year, they're not letting that happen again. But watching Toronto and Atlanta, which are two of the more dynamic, exciting teams, go head-to-head in a two-leg playoff scenario, uh, that would be awesome, I think. And it would be great for MLS. Absolutely. And I, I, I'm going to be guilty right now. And being a resident of Chicago, I would like to see Chicago and SKC and MLS Cup in Chicago. hey <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. That would be um, sick, dude. Yeah. So, uh well, yeah, so we'll uh, we'll see two games. Uh, we don't know which games yet because MLS still hasn't announced it. Um, we thought they'd announce it an, an hour ago, but they haven't. Wow. Um, you'll know by the time you listen to this podcast. Um, chances are it'll probably be Vancouver and San Jose on Wednesday night. We don't know which of the two Eastern Conference games it'll be uh, paired with that. Um, but then most likely Houston will host Sporting KC on Thursday with the other Eastern Conference game. Uh to be played on uh, on Thursday night as well. And then the winners of uh, those knockout round games will go on to face Portland, Seattle, Toronto, and New York City um, beginning Sunday, October 29th. Uh, and uh, then we'll, uh, we'll be in for a fun month and a week or so of MLS Cup playoffs. Um, so We're in the thick of it now, man. It's playoff time. And uh, speaking of playoff time, Big congrats to the Swope Park Rangers, um, yes, the Sporting's USL team. Uh, 
they went to uh, you know they started last night and there was nil nil at halftime and buckets of rain just started pouring and I gotta tell you I was watching this game and then I was trying to wait for it to come back on as they were all squeegeeing the field off and then I woke up at three in the morning because I fell asleep <laughs> and realized I hadn't <laughs> taken my dog out but I came back in and realized they re- rescheduled the game and they picked up at the second half today nil nil all the way till extra time and Didier Drogba adds a goal and then Amer Didic heads in a goal um, and, and it's tied 1-1 and goes to PKs and Swope comes out on top. It was it was awesome, man. I had They played at the same time as Sporting and I had Sporting on the TV but had Swope on my iPad here and it was it was pretty cool. So Yeah, and how about the uh, and the, the very first uh, penalty kick uh, Swope Park's uh, young goalie, Darren McLeod, McLeod, I'm not sure how you say his last McLeod, name. McLeod, yeah. said both ways. Um, denies... McLeod. Uh, Me- McLeod. Um, <laughs> yeah. Again, we're uh, we're just from Kansas City and are terrible at accents. Uh, <laughs> yeah, to, to save the opening penalty kick um, really set the tone for, for Swope Park. And, it was amazing. Uh, and they looked in control uh, for the rest of it. And then... Um, I'm not even gonna try this dude's first name, but Mala is his last name from uh, from Phoenix. His first name D O U E G U G U I, however you say that. Um, skied mm, it for Phoenix, and it was at, yeah, it was uh, it was after Jigga that Jigga when uh, Lebo Moloto was able to to put it away and, and win it for Swope Park. So um, congrats to them, one step cool, closer to uh, to USL Cup. So. And I'm not um, trying to make this like a Swope podcast or anything, but it's it's playoff soccer and it's affiliated with Sporting and it's it's really cool. And I know their their supporters are all hyped up, and I think we should too. And uh, you know, see them on to the next stage. Absolutely, it's all part of the uh, the Sporting uh, Club as it is. So uh, congrats to Swope Park, and we'll uh, we'll keep you all updated as the the pod continues uh, in the coming weeks as to what Swope's doing. Um, so. Do you have, before we go, a prediction? I know you said you're a little worried, but do you have a prediction mm-hmm. for what might happen when uh, Sporting KC travels to Houston in the midweek? I do. I, I think it's going to go nil-nil, and I think we're going to PKs, and I'm terrified. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> I, <sighs> do, hey, I'm giving predictions. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, oh, I, I live my life in pessimism, so I can't ever be let down. I'm going to say that Sporting loses this game, and we, we get, we're we in bad form right now, man. And I know you want to say, come on, you got to support the team. I do support the team, but I don't see us getting past this game again. Like, Houston has our number right now, and it's not good. Yeah. Um, no, I, I totally get it. Um, as I mentioned before, Sporting KC has gotten two points out of their last five games. Uh, Houston. I'm binge eating Starburst because I'm so angry. Yeah, Houston. On the other hand, um, they've gotten 11 points from their last five games. They haven't lost a league game since September 16th. Um, they beat the Chicago Fire, who are a very good team today, 3-0 at BBVA. Um, I hate to say it, nothing that Sporting KC has shown me over the past a month and a half has, has indicated that they can go down there and beat Houston at BBVA. I wouldn't be surprised if we see, you know, a 2-1 or, or, or heck, if, if things get out of hand and, and Sporting KC tries to, to press uh, to, to catch up and they give up a, a counterattack, even a, a 3-1 scoreline. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I hope you're wrong, and I hope that we're, we're back here recording Thursday night or Friday or whenever we record the next one, and we're we're jacked because we're going up to Portland uh, or or Seattle, and, and we're feeling good. Um, but we'll uh, we'd be going we'll back home, out. right? We'd be going home. Oh, you're right. You're right. We'd be going. We'd be coming to uh, Children's Mercy Park first, and then we'd be going to uh, Seattle or Portland. So I know I personally would like to get another game in at Children's Mercy Park. I didn't feel like the last one was a sufficient way to end at home on the year. So um, so yeah. Hopefully they can uh, they can pull it off. We'll uh, we'll be back, win or lose, uh, to to have uh, more podcasts with you after that. So stick with us. Um, I, I hope tw- they prove us wrong. I really do. Um, but the bottom line is, 
form. Form is everything. And you look at the past few games, and it's like that does not bode well for this this midweek game here. No, not at all. So we'll uh, we'll be around on Twitter. We'll be around on Facebook. Tweet us at NoOtherPod. You can tweet me at JCMax03. Tweet Dan at, at DanCouser, K-O-O-S-E-R. Uh, like us on Facebook, no other pod. Send us an email, nootherpod at gmail.com. Still looking uh, to get what your uh, favorite experiences were at Children's Mercy Park. We didn't get any this week, so we'd like to hear from you. And uh, Dan, tell them about the reviews that we need. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, iTunes rating and reviews. Um, you know, Google Play ratings and reviews. I mean, five stars are always welcome. Can't tell you to give us five stars, but we'd really appreciate it if you do. Um, and, and, and just give us some feedback, you know, let us know what you'd like to hear more of. Um, should, should I go let my dog go play in the street while we do this podcast? So it's not distracting. What, whatever you, whatever should you we think, do more maybe, accents, maybe we need to do more accents that could get offensive real fast, but I'm for it. <laughs> I'll do whatever you want for a five-star rating. I'm a, I'm a five-star man, but, uh, you know, let us know. Uh, reviews and ratings are everything. So I know we got a few of them, and it's been a been a couple weeks since we got a couple. So keep those coming. Yes, sir. All right. Well, for Dan, I'm Jimmy. We'll let the uh, musical stylings of Radkey take you out once again, and we will talk to you after Houston hosts Sporting KC in the midweek. We'll see ya. Go Sporting. <laughs> Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.